Welcome everyone to Stepping Into Your Leadership. I'm your host, Christine Courtney. Our goal here is to give you some actionable takeaways that will help you lead your teams. Thanks for joining us on this leadership journey. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Stepping Into Your Leadership. I'm in the studio today with the one and only Elaine Porcher here with us again. Uh, if you listened to the episode on mindfulness, you know Elaine already. And so now you get more of her yummy tidbits and her insightful knowledge on a new topic. And also there's a Strengths Finders kind of bonus episode starring Elaine that you can find in the feed if you're interested in that assessment. So, um, Look it up if you just need more and more of Elaine like I do. So she's back today to talk about something that we brought up actually in the mindfulness episode on growth mindset. So we wanted to kind of take a deeper dive. Some folks were interested in learning more about growth mindset and how it has to do with how we learn, but also how we lead. And so Elaine, welcome. Christine, thank you. And thanks for having me again. Appreciate being here on your podcast <laughs> or our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, to jump in, explain to us, for those that maybe don't know, what growth mindset is. You may have heard about it. It's been talked about a lot. I feel like lately I, I hear it more and more. But why don't you give us like a little rundown of kind of what it means and the history a little bit of sure. it. Sure. So the idea of what growth mindset is was developed by a psychologist by the name of Kara Dweck at Stanford University. And what a growth mindset is, is the belief that our abilities, talents, and skills can be developed through effort, determination, practice, and learning. So if we are trying out something new, like, I don't know, Christine, if you've ever played a video game before <laughs> or just learning anything, right? Um, when you learn something new for the first time, it's kind of difficult, right? And you're trying to churn your way through whatever that activity is of learning, and the growth mindset understands that as you're learning, things are really, really difficult sometimes, and it takes a little more effort to learn or to develop that skill. And through the effort of, and, and let's go back to the video game concept, and through the effort of learning or failing several times, you know, you're trying to get to the, through the different levels of the video game, you're failing, but your growth mindset will continue to motivate you to move forward until you're able to get to that level of the big boss, right? When you fight the big boss. <laughs> so that's pretty much what a growth mindset is. It's kind of having that determination, knowing that through effort, you can develop any skill, mostly any skill, let's not just say any skill, but most skills you can develop through effort and determination. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm sure that my son is going to listen to this. I'm, I'm sure that my 18 year old son listens, like, let's be clear, but I'm sure now he will be like, okay, you can't get on me about the video games, mom. I'm working on my growth mindset. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> you can use that argument for anything, right? So yeah. And then for the fixed mindset, because we've heard that concept of fixed mindset, right? It's just that. It's that we believe that our abilities are fixed. If we have a fixed mindset, we feel like we either have it or we don't. So no amount of trying is going to get us to the golden ring, right? So if we have a fixed mindset, sometimes when we're trying something new, we get frustrated and we want to stop doing that because we feel like this thing is just not for me. It's too hard to do. I'm never going to get it. So I might kind of stop at that moment. That's our fixed mindset talking at that time that stops us from achievement. 
Gotcha. So those are some really good examples I thought that you just gave. But some people, when we talk to them about this, I always find this interesting, myself included, is I'll think, oh yeah, I have, I have a, if there's two choices, I have a growth mindset. You know, I'm not a fixed mindset person. I'm open. I'm this. And then when you start digging into what Carol Dweck was looking at in her book, which by the way, if you're interested in learning more, it's called Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. But what's interesting about it is that we kind of go back and forth between the two. So there are things that, right, that we have an open, we have growth mindset about like, okay, I can Mm -hmm. do this. I'm learning. Watch how I'm getting better. I could learn this. I could tackle this, even though it's really hard. And then we have those things that then our fixed mindset comes in and it's like, oh my God, I'm terrible. I can't possibly sing. I can't possibly run a marathon. I can't possibly, you know, whatever those things are that come in so that it's not that you have one or the other. It's just that, can you get yourself to live more in a growth mindset? Right. Right. Absolutely. And that's just it. We are constantly struggling with both of these things. And I'm saying struggling because even with the growth mindset, while it's a lovely concept, it still is a struggle, but it's a lovely struggle or a beautiful struggle, right? Because we know that through our learning, we get to grow and we get to attain these skills and these abilities. And But then our fixed mindset seeps in. And this is happening with us all day, every day. And we really want to have some sort of awareness around this so that we do have more times that we are engaging in a fixed mindset. And then those times that we're, I mean, we have more times that we're engaging in a growth mindset, but the times that we have a fixed mindset to just have awareness around it, to have the observation of, okay, I'm, this is really difficult. I don't want to put any effort in this, or I am observing myself as I am giving up in this particular process, because that's what kind of helps us to kind of get to that growth mindset. Carol Dweck, just to give the audience some context, When she was looking at this research, it was really about influencing education and how we educate children to learn and grow. And what she found is that it's been influential in educational settings, prompting, you know, teachers to adopt kind of new ways of teaching a different way of talking. So if they saw, let's say a children's piece of artwork, instead of saying, oh, you're a great artist, which is while a compliment, and some would say that's a good thing to do, that is influencing a fixed mindset because it's saying, oh, somebody could be a good artist or a bad artist. Oh my God, I don't want to be a bad artist. Let me keep doing exactly what I just did because I don't want to get into the bad artist realm. Likewise, the person next to them who maybe doesn't get that comment starts thinking, oh, well, she's a good artist and her picture looks very different from mine. Maybe I'm a bad artist, right? And we start to adopt how young minds start to think instead of really focusing on effort. So instead saying something specific about that piece of art saying, oh my God, you know, I love how you've been working so diligently on creating this piece. I love how you blended these colors together. That's really interesting, right? Noticing specific things about what they're doing rather than a good or a bad judgment about something. Right. And then you know, saying something nice about effort. So, so we see, cause we have a lot of work working in schools, how important that is, right. And how we train right. our staff to look at that. But what we find interesting is that it's also true for adults because yes. we're hopefully still learning. Right. Mm-hmm. And if, and you will see, especially at those of us who are of older generations, we had a lot more parenting and a lot more teaching in fixed mindsets. So for yes. instance, you know, we were told you can sing, you can't sing, you can do this, you can't do this. You're bad at this. You're good at this much right. more than current generations are right. <laughs> There's an 
option of like, no, you could get better at this if you tried. If you want to sing, yeah, you need to work at it. And this is how you can do that, you know, and you can get your hours in. So I think that the interesting thing for us when we're looking at businesses is how do you think this applies in work, in the world of work? Right. So that concept that you were talking about where we are encouraging students in one way and, you know, we how we would tell kids that, oh, you're good at this. You're so smart. You're so great. There was a lot of research that was done in that area by Carol Dweck to kind of be able to determine what motivates students. And she found mm-hmm. out that what motivates students is process praise. And that process praise is what you talked about and having more information about what it is that you're doing. That is great. So, wow, I really appreciate how much much effort you put into putting together your project. You must have really worked really hard in order to make that happen. Great job that she found out that this was more motivating than if you told a kid, hey, you're so good or so great. Because what that kid is trying to do is rise to your adulation. So if you're adulating over the the child and saying, oh yeah, you're so smart. They're like, okay, well, I need to maintain that level of smartness, but it's the effort that does it, right? So that's what she noticed in the students. How this works in adults is the same way. It's the same thing. So when you're working with your direct reports, um, people that you manage, how you want to praise them is using this process praise. Being able to recognize what your staff is doing in a more thorough way. Um, Someone hands in the quarterly report. Hey, I really appreciate that you understand the way we read these reports. So it looks like you really took the time to go through each item and because that's really helpful and you put a lot of work in this, a lot of effort, and I really appreciate that about you. Then as a direct report, as your staff member, you want to then do more of that. You want to provide more, put more effort into these areas. Also, you feel better because let's face it, everyone's told that they're amazing. You're so amazing. You're so great, right? You hear these words and they're sometimes a little empty, right? Because we know everybody is great. But if you're very specific about how you're praising me, I appreciate you more. I develop a deeper relationship with you. I develop more trust, you as a manager. So we can work together better and productivity goes up. I love that. Process praise. So it's a really good thing. I love that. I wrote that down because I don't always use those words, but it would be a great way in teaching leadership um, and in developing our everyone's leadership to really think about not just being grateful and thankful, but like, how do we, how do we praise the process of what you're doing? Also, just as keep in mind that because this research came out a number of years ago now, teachers have been learning this way. And so generations, people who are in your workforce now are used to this kind of praise. So if they go into the workforce and you don't have this kind of process praise going on, they may be thinking something's wrong with me or I don't I don't quite feel, you know, appreciated here. And so it's a simple thing to learn. It's like, how do I say instead of like, you're great at this, which is very defined, very fixed, how to say what is great about what they've done and how you appreciate the what they're learning and that you're recognizing the steps of learning. When it's really about, it sounds to me like stepping in as leader, as teacher. And sometimes- right. In our leadership roles, we have to and should be teaching. And so a good teacher is a good leader. A good leader is a good teacher, right? So 
one of the things, for instance, I was just doing a workshop at a, a company and they had to do their final presentations. And this is where you really see it kick in. So the whole year we've been learning, 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 learning new skills, learning new skills of management. These are new managers. And then they had to get up and do a three minute presentation on, and we do this every year, but it's a different cohort, a three minute presentation on what they've learned, what they're implementing into their leadership and management and so forth. Well, you really see the, the fixed mindsets come in because all of a sudden it becomes like a classroom and we go back to, you know, our student selves or, you know, insecurity slips in, whatever. And you'll hear people go, oh, oh, I'm terrible at public speaking. I'm a terrible public speaker. What can I do? Or it's just three minutes. Thank God it's three minutes because I can get through this. And then you hear the other people who maybe are like the salespeople that are you, that say things like, I speak for a living. I'm talking to people all the time. I'm good at this. This is what I do, right? Both in some ways are fixed <laughs> mindsets, right? So the right. people that were, there was somebody that that actually was saying like, I'm great at this already. I don't need to practice. So what happened was, is that he presented and yeah, was it good? Yes. Because he is used to speaking to people. Was it as good as he could have been if he worked a little bit harder on it and prepared? No. Then, you know, in a different way, the people who had this mindset of I'm terrible, I'm terrible, I'm terrible. Uh, some of them were like, okay, I'm not very good at this, but I'm going to try it in a different way. And they got a lot of help and we talked through it. And then some people just kept with the mindset of I'm t even got up there and they used some of their three minutes to say, I'm terrible at this. I'm really uncomfortable, you know, whatever. So <laughs> you could hear their fixed mindset at work. But what was interesting is afterwards, we have to give feedback as the group. And what happens is, is that you can't give feedback like, well, that was great. Everybody, wasn't she great? It really has to be even then you worked really hard on this. And let me show you exactly how you worked hard on it because I can tell. He did this and then he went through this process and they went through this process. And then you're starting to see that fixed mindset change, even in us adults. Like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess I could have worked on this. I could have put in more effort. I could have even attained more in my learning and my growth. And just like the people who are struggling as the teacher, like as the person running that course, I also can't praise them on the same level. I have to praise their effort and how far they've come because this person over here does this for a living. This person, this may be the first time. I want them to start to change that mindset of I can still present because in my job, I'm going to have to present sometimes, right? So I don't want them, to, I want to start to try to change that. And that, that can be difficult. Do you know other places Elaine, where you see kind of fixed mindset and, and growth mindset come into place in the, in the workplace? So an example that I actually have is not from work. It is from my acting class, which is something new and different for me. It's something outside of what I normally do. And I've been taking this acting class for weeks. And how it works is she gives us a scene and throws us on the stage and gives us notes. So she doesn't give us any context of the scene or any context of, of what it is that we should be doing. She's like, just try it out and see. And when she first started this out, because it's an acting class for beginners, we were terrified. Nobody wants to get on stage because it's a, it's a theater to get up there and act. And she's like, this is the way to do it. Just make it happen. So I get up there and I say my lines, you know, I do the, the scene and then she gives us feedback. She says, try this, try that, try that. This was good. This wasn't good. All right, now do it again. And then you do it again. And then in real time, you get to see yourself better. 
and but I'm terrified because I'm thinking this is never going to work. I can't act. I'm not a good person, you know, a, a good actress or whatever. But then through doing it over and over again, it was literally then my fixed mindset immediately turning to growth mindset because I'm seeing my effort in the feedback and through my effort, I'm getting better in real time. And week by week, I'm able to literally see, because sometimes we can't always see how good we're doing, right? When we're learning something new, sometimes we can, but when we don't see it, our fixed mindset really kind of creeps in. So I was lucky in that sense in that my growth mindset was encouraged because I was able to use these real-time tools to make a difference, right? But sometimes, and then I, my growth mindset said, let me now learn outside of the class. So I started to do a little more research and then I came back and through learning, got better. And through by the time we got to the end of the class, I felt like I, I was doing really good. And I thought, oh man, I aced this. But then my growth mindset said, you know what? You can learn more. So I'm taking the next class. I'm taking the advanced class because what a growth mindset also does is it encourages the ability to want to learn more. It sees other people as assets. It sees the world as a place of, of learning and that I'm not just getting to one place. So I didn't get to the end of the class and say, I made it. I'm going further. The growth mindset says there is no end. You're continuously learning, mm -hmm. right? Even mm -hmm. though my fixed mindset wanted to say, this is not for me because I saw someone else acting and they were doing a fantastic job. And I said, oh, I'll never be where that woman is. So my fixed mindset came into place. I'll never be where she's, she's at. I'm just going to do this for fun because then that's the next thing that you'll get tricked into thinking. I'm going to throw away my goal. So- I said, oh, I'm going to just do this for fun. I'm not going to really put any effort in it where I can be judged. A fixed mindset does not want to be judged, but a growth mindset knows that constructive criticism moves you forward. So I got stuck in that, that fixed mindset until I said, wait a minute, I can do more. And then when I see myself getting better, I'm doing even, even more. So I love that because I think sometimes that's a misconception that people have that somehow if you are using process praise that it's always praise even. Like I love that what you said that a growth mindset knows that constructive criticism is important, right? And that it's not criticism, so to speak, but it's just feedback and that feedback is important for growth. So I think when we're coaching employees, which we want to all get better at, that's a really important thing to think about is that we don't always have to praise, so to speak, but we always have to give some sort of feedback and letting people know where they stand and how they can stay on this continuum of improvement. You know, it's interesting because they did do some correlation in the research between the uh, what was happening in education with growth and fixed mindset and what was happening in the world of work. And they said that it enhanced people's motivation, it enhanced their performance. They understand kind of how they can get better at almost anything that you put in front of them, how they can grow, how they're not just set in this one job, but also how their personal relationships can get better. Any of those things that we have limiting beliefs about. A lot of times, you know, people will say to me who are in positions of power, like, oh, these younger generations, they just want to get promoted so fast or they just, and they're not ready. You know, they don't know what they don't know. They, they're just, they were, if you don't give them promotion, they're going to leave. You know, you hear versions of that. And I'm always interested in that because in the companies that we work with, what I find is that 
the ones who have very clear outlines of like, this is what you need at an assistant level. This is what you need at an associate level. This is what you need as, as a junior. This is what you need as supervisor, manager, senior manager, whatever, all the different levels, whatever they're called in their companies, director level, principal, whatever. You can see all the things that you need to be learning along the way. And if you've hit this achievement mark, kind of like in your acting class example, like when you're ready to move to the advanced level, what are those things that you've already started to learn and grow in? And what's happened is the companies that have instituted this, it creates transparency for the younger employees so they can see like, oh, okay, I'm not just being held back and I should be able to still advocate for myself, but they can say, here's the levels that you need to achieve for this to be there. Just similar to your video game example, right? To move on, these are the things you have to have. And I have seen it really open up people's growth mindsets, but all, and also like, okay, then the conversations become not like, why can't I get a promotion? When is this going to happen? Turns to, I need to learn this new skill. How am I going to learn this? What experiences can you give me in a project or what can I take on to learn this new skill so that I'm getting myself ready for the next level? And that is a very different, very empowering way to work. And it's a, just a slight shift. Whereas we used to keep, those of us in power used to keep all that stuff kind of what they thought locked up or secret when in fact, we probably just never had it. It was probably just more a, a gut feeling or oh, after about five years, you have this, that feels about right. right. Whereas now if you can see it and then they can ask like, okay, how can I work on this? Then that is more like positive education experiences that they've either had or that we should be creating in the workplace, you know? Right. And the thing about it, Christine, is that, you know, it's like what you said, a lot of us didn't know that this is how we should be giving feedback or, or this is what we should be taking. So we were all going on our gut feelings. But now the research is showing us like there are real ways that we can enhance our careers in, by enhancing our talents, right? And how we can support the people we manage by really helping them through this process praise but also by helping them to be curious, by helping them to know and understand like what that learning process should be. Like help we can really support our staff in being resilient and being driven and being cooperative by providing opportunities that display these, these attributes. It's so funny when you think about managing we, a lot of times we think about like managing the work or managing the actual, you know, managing the work, uh, but we're really managing people. We're managing people to be their best selves. And sometimes we are not sure about what it takes to do that. And we use this, you're great or you're not great kind of um, um, nurturing in a sense. I don't know why I've lost the words. Sorry. <laughs> But anyway, when we're managing folks, <laughs> you know, it's, it's important for us to kind of think specific about how, how we can do that. And there are these tools that we can use, for instance, in order to be able to encourage that in other people or encourage a growth mindset. And I think that's what it really kind of takes is thinking as a manager, how do I encourage a growth mindset in the people I manage? And one of the things is helping them to, how do you encourage passion in the work? Um, how do you encourage co co, co cooperativeness? <laughs> How do you what encourage? I don't know what has happened today. This is crazy. That's okay, Elaine. I do not You're, know. I'm like, I, I what appreciate is the word? your effort. <laughs> You're working through it. We're getting there. Uh, try again. Try again. 
So there are ways that we can encourage the people that we manage to have a growth mindset. And one of those things is to help encourage them have some self-reflection, right? And helping them to embrace the challenges. So we know that we're not always going to do the best job when we set out to do something. So if your employee or the person that you manage makes a mistake or they fall a little short, that your feedback is supportive, that you know that they can do it. And by just giving them positive feedback on what they need in order to make the mark, that is kind of helpful as opposed to saying you did this wrong and and this is terrible because the challenges are, are going to come, right? And we're not always going to make the mark, but if we fall short to have those kind of pep talks and also viewing those failures as learning opportunities where you take the time with those employees to say, okay, great. What did we learn from this? Let's just like, look at what are these things? For instance, we all know the story about how Viagra was discovered because they were trying to develop a heart medication. And then They found out there's this thing, right? And that happens a lot of time in our business, right? Where we're trying to solve the problem for X, but then we see that we've solved another problem. So being able to kind of take a step back and seeing where those failures kind of turn into things that we can really use for something else. Um, That happens all the time, but we need to kind of take a step back and really be able to kind of see that. Um, And then minding our language, right? We love to have negative self-talk, right? And when you hear your employees or the people that you manage have negative self-talk because they're trying to please you as a manager, whether they like you or not, they want to do a good job for you. So every now and then it might come up to have that negative self-talk. I have a good friend. Her name is Tatiana. And whenever I would have negative talk, like, oh, I'm so stupid. She would say, stop talking to my friend like that. (laughs) So, you know, you want to make sure that your employees or your people that you manage are not having negative self-talk or to encourage them. And what better way to build a bond with them than when that negative self-talk comes up to kind of help them reshape the language in kind of like positive self-talk. I haven't made it, but I haven't made it yet. So kind of adding the word yet on the end of a sentence when we think about like trying to make that mark. I haven't learned it yet is is a, a nice way to kind of, you know, move forward. And then fostering an environment of learning, love of learning. So how are you doing that with the people that you manage? Are you providing um, classes that they can take? Are you providing workshops for the people that you manage so that they want to learn more? You're providing these skills that they can learn, but then to make it fun and interesting so that they're motivated to learn. Yeah, it's so true. You know, more and more companies are wanting to provide places of learning for their staff and more employees are really requesting it. And in some cases, requiring it by, you know, their feet, where they're moving, where their mouth is, if they want to have the workplace be a place of learning. It used to be like, oh, I would go take these classes outside and then I'd bring back, you know, my secret skills that I've learned quietly in, you know, outside of the office back to work and they'll see how great I am. When in fact, it's even better to bring those courses in in house. And we're seeing that with a lot of people where we're doing cohorts now of leadership development within companies. And so you're, everybody is learning from each other and and then the learning just gets uh, exponentially better, right? And more throughout. So you're building this leadership pipeline there at the office rather than everybody individually out doing their own thing. We're finding some some help with that. I love those tips that you just gave. If you guys 
uh, hopefully we're listening because that negative self-talk we all can learn from no matter what, right? My, it's the, when we're taping this, it's the holiday time and I have a house full of family members. I was kicking my parents out of this room in order to tape this podcast and uh, waking my mother up. And my mom was like, what are you taping today? And I was like, oh, we're doing growth mindset versus fixed mindset. And my mom's in her seventies and I love it because she's like, oh, I'm going to have to listen to that one. <laughs> I'm like, mom, I you love it. all of them? <laughs> but anyway, you know. She's like, but this one is great. And I love how you mentioned that your mom is interested in it and she's in her 70s. Yeah. Because sometimes we feel like, you know, the older we get, we can't learn anything new. We totally can learn something new. My grandmother is 98 and she just had um, suffered a mild stroke and at 98. So we were like really, really worried. So her left side is, you know, really weakened. And I was a few weeks ago, I was with her in, she's in a skilled facility. She's like, you know what? I want to try to figure out how to work this arm. And on her own, she's moving this wheelchair on her own, which she couldn't do before. I thought I was watching a 40 year old do this. Like I could see her brain just like really kind of thinking that she's like, I can relearn this thing, even though I've gotten to, you know, a certain age. So anybody can learn. And have a stroke. Amazing, Elaine, right? Amazing. Like what a person to learn from. And those mirror neurons, like those not mirror neurons, those neurons in her brain were firing up. Right. But Christine, the mirror neurons were working. So as I'm watching her do this, I'm like, what can I do? You know, I'm doing like the <laughs> turning the, the uh, wheelchair motion. And I'm like, oh my God, she's doing this. I can do that too. And as she's doing it, those mirror, and for those of us who we've talked about mirror neurons here. Yes. My mother doesn't even listen to every episode. I doubt everybody else has. It's good to to remind people what a mirror neuron is. (laughs) Yes, yes. It's something that we're all equipped with. It's an evolutionary tool that when our brains are activated, when we're watching other people. So it's kind of like when you hear someone clear their throat and then you clear your throat too. When you're um, in conversation or having a connection with something, someone, you sometimes not necessarily mimic, but might recreate some of the actions that they're doing, some of the body language. And it's a way that we connect deeper, right? So that happens in a lot of different areas where when we see someone who's like doing something great or maybe not so, so great, you know, then that turns into mob mentality, (laughs) but where we can mirror um, other people's gestures and almost ideas in a sense. So in this case, when my Nana is is trying to move this wheelchair. I'm sitting in a chair and I'm kind of moving with her in a sense because I'm like, go Nana, go. But then that's motivating me as well to be like, wow, she's doing something really difficult. What else can I do that's difficult that I could kind of push through? Growth mindset. Yeah. And your brain is going through that process. One of the things that I think is really important, just to add an, another tip to that, that we're learning from your Nana, right? But is, is, If someone is struggling with something, like in her case, that's pretty specific, right? When you start to lose part of your, you know, movement and part of your side from a stroke. But for some of us, it could be something else. We're struggling with something that's new or we're not good at. A lot of times what you can do is stop yourself and say, wait a minute, is this feeling familiar? Is there another time that something like this has happened in my life that I've struggled with that somehow I overcame and how did I do that? And that automatically flips you from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset because you have to start to think about that. And if you want to learn more like specific tips on that, 
if you listen to the episode on positive intelligence, Shirzad Shamid, who wrote Positive Intelligent, did a lot of research that really picked up on a lot of this stuff that Carol Dweck was talking about too. But that idea of like, how do I look at, you know, each thing as a step and when I'm struggling, what do I need? What's the self-talk that I need to use to get myself through to the next place, right? And then if you invest in your own mind, it is the biggest investment you can possibly do. Is your mind working for you or against you? In Nana's case, Elaine, it's working for her. Like for her to sit there right. and not just give up or think, oh, well, this is my life now. But to think, you know what? Right. I can do this. At 94, you said, I mean, amazing. I'm going to take that as an inspiration for me. The next time that I'm uh, struggling, I'm going to be like, well, if Elaine's net, I can do it. I can do it too. Right. You know, if my mom at 75 is going, getting excited about listening to uh, growth mindset, then we all, we all can learn something from this, right? Right. How can I start to achieve these small little incremental changes that we can do to become a better person? Absolutely. So thank you so much, Elaine, for coming to us. I know this is this specific topic is a passion of yours and you've really helped our company. Elaine's taught many classes in-house to our fellow employees on this in terms of how do we become better leaders, better managers, but also how do we become better teachers as well because good leaders are good teachers too. So thank you for being a good teacher for me. And now, you know, Nana is too. So I appreciate that. <laughs> and I hope that that everybody can get a little nugget out of this. And if you want to hear more about Elaine, like I said, go back and listen to the mindfulness episode as well, because it will give you some more nuggets for your day. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Christine. This is great. Thanks everybody for listening. I'd like to give a special shout out to our podcast producer, Richard Francisco. Check out our notes for any details. And if you get anything out of this, please follow us. And if you enjoy it, please take a moment to rate us or write a comment. It will mean the world to us. We'd love to hear from you. And if you just can't get enough, follow me on TikTok and check out tlpnyc.com slash podcast for more information.